0: Today on CityCast Chicago, festival season is almost upon us, so what does that mean for our parks? We're also talking about smog in Chicago and allegations of human rights violations at the Cook County Juvenile Detention Center. But don't worry, we also got some good news too. Tribune music writer Britt Julius and Kelly Garcia with Injustice Watch are here to break it all down. It's Friday, March 24th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is What Chicago's Talking About. Britt, Kelly, good morning, and welcome back to Cash Chicago.
1: Thank you. Love being here. Thanks for having us.
0: We're going to talk a lot about music today, but I want to get us started uh, with a conversation we've been having for the last couple of weeks. Uh, we recently put out, are these the best music venues in Chicago, uh, trying to get people's opinions about where they like to listen and enjoy live music in the city. So I want to pose that same question to y'all. Britt. where is your favorite place uh, to not only uh, watch live music, but some of your favorite venues to uh, write about?
2: I think one of my uh, kind of personal favorite venues in the city is a place called Constellation. Um, It's on the north side of the city. Um, I really love it, just the layout is really great. So it allows for really clean sight lines. Um, So no one's kind of in your way, you know. I think they have a really eclectic mix of um, artists who perform there. So it's very much rooted in the city's improvisational music scene, um, experimental sort of jazz scene, things like that. So incorporating elements of jazz and rock and um, hip hop and r b into this kind of very singular, distinct Chicago sound, as well as sort of other artists from around the country or around the globe, who also, um, I think, are sort of kind of Traversing different genres and sort of creating something new and unique. So I always find that I, I have really enjoyable, um, a really enjoyable time when I go there and the shows are just always really
1: different.
0: I love when you come on, bro. You always put me on. I'm actually not familiar with Console. <laughs> oh, wow. So I need to add this to my <laughs> list of places to enjoy your show at. Yeah. Uh, Kelly, what about you? What is one of your favorite music venues in the city?
1: So I love free stuff and I love public parks. So I love <laughs> Millennium Park when I was an undergrad, I would sometimes walk over to Millennium Park like during weekdays and they would have free concerts. Um, And I remember one time I saw the Bahamas there, they were like this like small indie rock band. And it was incredible. I just like sat almost front row. I could have sat like front row, but I was like very shy. And I just, (laughs) I was not used to the idea of being able to watch one of my favorite artists for free at this big park, Mm -hmm. this very tourist heavy park. Um, And because it was during a weekday, it was like at 6 p.m. or something, you know, people were coming from work and, you know, going to this free concert. And so it was super cool to be able to do that. So I honestly, I love the street festivals. I love the free concerts during the summer. Um, And that's what I always look forward to.
0: All right. Shout out to Millennium Park. If you've not been down and enjoyed a free concert at Priska Pavilion, put that on your list as spring is breaking and summer is soon following. But also check out Constellation, which is up in the West Lakeview North Center uh, part of the, the city uh, to get your shows on. let's kind of stay on the topic of music, right? This week, we have got a lot of festival lineups, festivals of talk about uh, what locations they're coming back to. Kelly, you have followed uh, the festivals that have taken place in Douglas Park for the last couple of years, what residents say about it. And last year, Douglas Park was one of the most used public parks with three festivals throughout the summer. What is the plan uh, over in Douglas Park for this summer and, and the festivals that are coming or, or not?
1: Yeah. So Black Club recently reported that Riot Fest is trying to come back to Douglas Park, despite pushback, um, years long pushback from residents who say that the music festivals, especially the mega music festivals, are destroying their parks, that they're not seeing any of the revenue that the music festivals are generating. Um, And then on top of that, we recently saw that two of the music festivals that moved there, Heat Wave and Lyrical Lemonade Summer Smash, have already decided to not return to Douglas Park um so it's it's a bit surprising um actually it's not a bit surprising who am i joking it's not surprising to see riot fest attempt to come back to douglas park um but it will be interesting to see whether or not the park district approves um their return and we already know that residents are gonna raise hell at those public board meetings
0: yeah, as you mentioned, Heatwave, the the Dance, Music, and Arts Festival, is now going to Northerly Island in June, and Summer Smash will now be out in, in Bridgeview as Seat Geek. When, when you talk to residents, Kelly, is it an all-or-nothing thing? I know that they've you know protested Riot Fest for years, but, but are some people saying, okay, two of the three are gone, we can deal with this, or are people are you suspecting people are going to say no we want all three major music festivals out of our park?
1: You know when I talked to residents over the summer it it was definitely an all or nothing because Riot Fest was one of the first was the first music festival to move into Douglas Park after being kicked out of Humboldt Park so Riot Fest kind of initiated that wave of of large music festivals moving into neighborhood parks Um, and, and the thing with Riot Fest too is that it's not just a weekend festival right like sure attendees are coming for two three Days, whatever, but they're taking weeks of of the park to set up. Um, And so for residents, Riot Fest is is almost what the entire month of September, really, that they don't get access to the park because of setup and breakdown. Um, And then there's a lot of preparation going into it in August as well. Um, And so Honestly, the and this worry. This is
0: prime end of the summertime. Exactly. This is school is about to go go back, uh, and, so, and so people are are at that time really hoping to be outside even more than ever.
1: Exactly, and now the worry is going to be if Riot Fest doesn't move, the invitation it could be seen as an open invitation for other music festivals.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of the festival season, right? Not not just when we're talking about music, but you, we've talked about local taste in neighborhoods. You got Burger Fest in some places. I mean, Hyde Park Summer Fest in my neighborhood is even bigger, but I, I think of things like uh, the Silver Room Block Party. And so music festivals are such a vibrant part um, of the, the summer. Bre- I want to bring you in here because when we think of a park like Grant Park, for example, I mean, I've been seeing reports that Grant Park is going to be available en a- mass to the entire public for less than a week because we're going to be seeing things like swing music festival pride in the park Lollapalooza, the taste in late september nascar is going to take up so much time when you think about how much park space is occupied by these music festivals what do you think the balance is because obviously right now in a place like grand park it is so heavily slanted towards these sort of big uh citywide events
2: um you know i think as it relates to like an issue of balance the thing that it really goes back to is that um so many of these festivals you know people can't afford to go to them and the prices, um, for those festivals as well, um, are going up, right? So they're not becoming cheaper. They're not becoming more accessible. They're becoming um, less accessible. I remember, um, I know it's not in grant park, but I remember, you know, when I first started attending pitchfork music festival, it used to be about $15 for a one day pass. Right. So that was a a much different experience compared to, you know, the prices for some music festivals today. Like for example, tickets for uh, Lollapalooza do not start cheap, right? They're very expensive. Mm So, um, you know, I think that's one of the main issues as it relates to like a balance is that it's completely imbalanced. And the more you add to it, the more inaccessible um, both going to those festivals, um, you know, can be, which I think they're really, you know, great experiences for the city of Chicago and in general, we're really the only place in the country that has that abundance of music festivals like this. Um, But uh, you know, it just makes it so, um, you know, only a select number of people can actually um, attend these things and, you know, oftentimes those people who are attending these things don't even actually live in the city, right? And the people who are here every single day then lose access to the parks and also weren't even able to attend the event um, in the first place. Mm -hmm.
0: And obviously, one of the key differences people bring up is, you know, Grant Park is in the middle of downtown. And while it is also right next to, to, you know, residential apartments, well, people say, you know, this is 300 acres. We can split that up. When we think about these festivals and neighborhoods, uh, some of them typically are, maybe not the mega festivals, when you think about neighborhoods Fest, those tend to be the more accessible. You know, when you think about your favorite neighborhood fest, are there some that you're excited um, to look at that might not be these huge Lollapalooza taste size events?
2: Yeah, um, I always love um, the uh, neighborhood fest they always have in like West Town on like Chicago Avenue. They always have uh, a huge number of, um, you know, house DJs. Mm
0: West Fest is dope.
2: West Fest, thank you. Um, So, yeah, so I always enjoy um, going to that one like every single year. You know, I used to really love Wicker Park Fest, but that's sort of become, um, I guess, maybe for me being 35, sort of. (laughs) Kind of incomprehensible. I was like, when it was when I was twenty five, it was great. And now I'm like, I it's last year, you know, I, I went out to one of my friends was in town, went out to dinner and the we didn't realize it was taking place and it was the the restaurant mm-hmm. was on Milwaukee. And I was like, Whoa. I like I don't even ever remember it being this packed. And I was like, I don't think I can handle
1: festivals that are <laughs> but they always have a really great lineup there as well. So yeah. Some of my favorite music festivals are Fiesta del Sol in Pilsen.
0: Mm-hmm. I've been two years in a row.
1: Right. It has a long history in the neighborhood. It's planned and organized by people in the neighborhood. And it's for the people of the neighborhood, too. I love going into every year because and even it's even if it's annoying, right, like there's always little kids running around and um, parents love to bring their whole families because it's a great time. You know, it's it's family friendly, too. But there's also like the house DJs that go. And that's that's where you can find me. Um Michalala Fest in Poston too, is, is very neighborhood oriented in that I, I know from just living there the past couple of years, like they give out free tickets for residents. Um, and, and that's that's just not something that I see Riot Fest doing. Um, I just don't see that intentional relationship, that relationship building with, with the residents of the area.
0: We'll see how these public meetings go. See if if they are allowed to keep a permit or, or to, to get a renewed permit. Will they be on the hook for for more remediation, for, for providing more tickets for people uh, in the neighborhood, for listening to the concerns um, uh, of people in the neighborhood or, or will it be business as usual? For people who want to check out those other two Fests, uh, as of now, West Fest is scheduled to return Friday, July 7th. You will also be able to see Fiesta Del Sol July 27th through 30th uh, in its home of Pilsen. Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with aligner experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patient smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way. So stay tuned for their old town location. Every single week, we want to make sure we're talking about some of the under stories, stories that might not get as much attention when we're looking uh, across our news feeds every single week. Uh, Britt, I want to start with you. Uh, when we talk about pollution, when we talk about air pollution in particular, I feel like for many, it's an abstract concept, right? But when we think about this on like a tangible level, we had a story recently that Cook County is not a good neighbor. Can you break that down for people? What does that look like and mean?
2: So um, it means a number of different things, right? Um, this is something that's always been um, of interest to me. I have asthma. I also have um, a degenerative lung disorder, right? So I'm always kind of thinking about these things. And specifically as it sort of like relates to Cook County, um, it's not just that we're sort of producing um, these really, uh, you know, dangerous um, pollutants and and smog and things like that for people in Chicago or in like the area of Cook County, but that it's also, you know, spreading to other places as well, other places in the state and going as far as uh, other states Indiana Wisconsin etc so um, it, it's due to a number of different factors largely due to like our factories um, power plants things like that that are sort of like providing these these really um, unhealthy fumes in fact in Cook County you know we have uh, the worst in the nation right so we're causing the most sort of um, you know lung damaging smog um, to you know our neighbors compared to any other place the next in line would be New York City so think about like the size the Scope the amount of people in New York City, um, and we think of that place as being really you know smog filled. But Chicago, which is you know smaller, less people, um, more spread out, more sprawling, actually is producing worse for our neighbors.
0: There's a new EPA plans. That is supposed to take effect in May that will impose more limits on various emissions from plants in Illinois, Indiana, Wisconsin, and 22 other states. But when we get down to like a neighborhood level, over the last few years, we've covered these environmental concerns from manufacturing plants trying to move from one neighborhood to the next, from manufacturing plants being sort of demolished during the middle of a, a, a global pandemic. What do you think we need to do on a neighborhood level to not only inform people and educate people about sort of daily pollutants, but but what do you want to see implemented at that local level?
2: Mm, Gosh, I mean, one of the first things in terms of just sort of uh, making sure that people are informed, I actually honestly think that these sort of issues need to be a literal door to door sort of, um, you know, spreading the word kind of, you know, kind of thing. I think, you know, people need to know about uh, not just sort of like what's going on kind of currently, but how this will affect them in the future. Right. So um, what will be the effects five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now? I'm sure my parents, if they knew, you know, moving to Chicago when they were you know young from uh, Alabama and Mississippi, if they had known that like living in the West side by so many factories and plants was going to eventually sort of be a leading cause of me developing childhood asthma, they would not have <laughs> lived in those places. And they would have sort of made conscious decisions about where their, um, you know, daughters are going to actually grow up. Now, this is a lifelong thing for me. You know, now I have uh, lung collapses and, you know, all these sort of things that are going on. And it's like, what could have been prevented or changed and sort of, uh, protecting, um, you know, uh, myself, um, if they had sort of known and been informed of that. So I think really informing people um, and telling them about like, this is what can happen in terms of, um, you know, sort of mild, uh, you know, lung issues or health issues like asthma to really severe things like a cancer. You know, we hear these things are very kind of vague and it's like, okay, lots of smog. What does that mean? Oh, the air is not great. How does that actually affect someone? But really getting down to the to the nitty gritty and being like, this is what can happen. How do you feel about that? I think that's going to be really key as well.
0: I really appreciate you bringing attention to this story. Uh, Kelly, you've been working on a report with your colleague Carlos Ballesteros over at Injustice Watch about human rights violations ongoing in Cook County's Juvenile Detention Center. Can you talk to us about recent findings from a, a watchdog?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we recently reported on Equip for Equality. They are a nonprofit legal advocacy organization. In this case, they're a watchdog group because they get federal dollars to investigate public institutions that are abusing people with disabilities. And they recently published a report into... Um, a series of violations happening in the Cook County Juvenile Detention Center. So we're talking about the county's most vulnerable youth. Um, A lot of these kids who are detained are mostly black. They have um, disabilities and they are required to receive special education services. Um, And most of them are held pretrial. And so in some cases, some of them will be detained for a few weeks, months, but in other cases, you will see kids being detained for over a year. Um and so what this report found is that there was excessive confinement being used as punishment so In the report, they quote youth as saying that um, they were held in in isolation pods for 28 days. They also found um, excessive use um, of restraint against kids in the detention center. Um, So there's a lot of examples of um, essentially like the security guards, when they're in some situation, um, they use prone restraint. So they like, it's literally, you know, hold a a child's face um, against the ground. They make note of a lot of examples um, of, of kids talking about instances where they got their um, wrists broken, they got bruises. Um, so that's what this report found. Um, and what really struck out to me about the report is that the solution that they called for is essentially abolishing the detention center. They're calling on the chief judge to shut it down and replace it with more community-centered, smaller um, centers in, in neighborhoods um, that could provide more intensive care and more rehabilitative care for these kids. Um, and so the chief judge is um, you know he's promised to look into to some of these allegations. The superintendent Leonard Dixon of the detention center he like blanket denied a lot of these claims, um, even though he's acknowledged in the past that they do you know they do have a problem with excessive room confinement. He still denies the fact that they're using any type of um, excessive or, or violent restraints on on children. So um, you know it's really up to the chief judge to decide what's next.
0: Every episode of CityCast Chicago ends the same way with some good news to get people through the episode the rest of their day through the weekend. Britt, what is your some good news you want to leave CityCast listeners with today?
2: Um... I mean, I guess it's like good personal news. I can't talk too much about it, but um, I recently won a uh, Critics Fellowship. um, So I'm very excited about that. Um, Yes, I just, I found out last week and um, I am, yeah, really excited. So I have a dream and a goal of writing uh, a book um, from a critical perspective, not on music, which is uh, my background, but actually about Black women and, and health, um, since that's obviously a big issue to me. Talking about the, the story that I did, and so um, I'm hoping through this this fellowship, I'll be able to improve my my skills on writing on a longer form format. So, really excited about that.
0: Beautiful. Congratulations you. to you. Thank you, uh, Kelly. What is your some good news?
1: We're officially in spring. <laughs> so that's Come my on. good news. I am excited to get out of this winter drudge that I've been in. Yeah.
0: I mean, they I just read earlier today that Uh, It was the fourth warmest winter Chicago has had in 70 years. And so we're getting, we don't need to talk about the consequences of that right now, what that means for us five years, 10 years, 15 years. But it does mean that when you walk outside, you are starting to see some flowers blooming a little bit, right, the cherry blossoms are peaking early. What is it about that transition from winter to spring that's really got you excited?
1: Honestly, I am excited to just be able to go outside and take a walk and like not freeze to death. Like I I just for me personally, like I love walking near the lake. I'm a lakefront girl. And so it's I just I need to get out. It's for my mental health. You know, I just do way better in the summer. And also we need some vitamin D here in Chicago. So
0: Come on. <laughs> yeah. Bro, what about you as we move out of again, it wasn't the coldest winter and we might see some weather changes over the next couple of weeks. But what's really got you excited as we transition from, you know, sort of the colder months into this 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 uh, rejuvenated spring season?
2: I mean, um, we talked a lot about um, music in Chicago, but uh, spring and summer are really great times for um, you know shows that are rolling through the city. I have so many shows, and I'm anticipating, obviously, Janet Jackson. Beyonce yeah 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 it's just so many good shows are going to be coming to um the area as well but yeah that there, there's a really big difference between um you know a 60 degree day that's got gray skies or a 50 degree day that has gray skies and a 50 degree days that has sunny skies right it really changes your mood um I always get so much more done you know I'm like wow like I just checked everything off the list like I just I cleaned I cooked I worked I just you got more
0: day to work <laughs> absolutely right? just, just more beautiful day to work where you more excited to get up in the morning when the sun is shining you're more excited to stay out a little bit exactly. later just enjoy those longer walks exactly. when the sun is peaking i'm with you i and for me while i do love the the height of summer it's something about late spring and like that early fall where the summer is out but the heat doesn't feel too overbearing you can put like a little light jacket you see me i got the little sweat the, the little the little cardio right now just that weather it is perfect for me so my some good news is sending people into the weekend with a little uh it, Art exhibit, the opening reception for Blank House They're having their sixth annual women's art show and celebration of women's history month. Uh, and the opening reception is tonight from seven to nine thirty. Shout out to the homie, Lauren Marie. Uh, she is one of my favorite artists in the city. Uh, get out there and check out her alongside 19 other amazing artists uh, at Blank House at the Royal grocer tonight in Logan Square Britt Kelly I am a huge fan of y'all work I'm grateful for y'all making time for City cash Chicago as much as y'all have Thank y'all for brightening up our gray day here on the podcast Thank you yeah thanks for
1: having me
0: Before I let you go, I want to give a huge thank you to the people who make City Cash Chicago possible. That's our lead producer, Carrie Shepard, our producer, Simone Alisea, our newsletter editor, Sydney Madden, everybody at headquarters, the people who make the music we love, that's the homie Sam Thousand, all the kimonos and Mark Greenberg of the Mayfair workshop. And like every single week, my last thank you is for you the people who listen to CityCast Chicago, hopefully the people who are also reading Hey Chicago, the best damn daily newsletter in the city. If you're not, it's all good. You got time to tap in. Subscribe now at Chicago.CityCast.FM. And if you love the podcast as much as I do, please share it with a friend, a family member. We're going to be back here Monday talking with mayoral candidate Brandon Johnson. Join us. Peace. (laughs) All right, that'll probably get cut, but, you know, a little hum to end things off.